What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Metzli Gone Daily. This is episode number 35. My name is Callie Lacerda. And I'm Gabriela Lopes. And today is April 24th. Why does that number seem familiar and seem important to me? April 24th. Like, what's on April 24th? Anything special? Not that I can think of. Probably not. April 24th? No. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't I know. Wanna, <laughs> I just want to open this episode up by um, happily announcing the fact that Afro Man is officially entering the 2024 presidential race. What? Afro Man, the artist behind the hit song, Because I Got High, has officially filed paperwork to run for U.S. presidency in 2024 as an independent candidate. Afro Man plans to campaign on marijuana legalization and criminal justice reform. He initially announced his presidential campaign on Instagram in December of 2022, where Savage referred to him as the country's next pothead of state. So (laughs) if you guys don't know who Afro Man is, I grew up listening to Afro Man because of my older cousin introduced me to some of his songs like Colt 45 and Two Zigzags. Baby, that's that's all all we need. We could go to the park after dark. And do some very bad things. Um, Like at the time, it was considered bad, obviously, because it was, you know, early, early 2000s. But I've always liked Afro Man. And I don't know if you knew of what happened to his residence. Um, The police, the sheriff of the town that he lives in broke into his house with no um, justification, like no warrant, no anything. And they just violated his personal property, his private property. And apparently he filed a lawsuit. I don't know if he won that suit or what happened, but he basically exposed them as being idiots because they did like didn't know what they were doing. Like they broke into the wrong house or something like that, which was very similar to what happened to J. Cole and what motivated him to create the song Neighbors. Mm. Because the music video for J. Cole's Neighbors is essentially just security camera of his home being broken into by cops right right so it's just interesting and then now he the ultimate fuck you is becoming president of the united states you know like that would be wild (laughs) if if look if donald trump made it then i don't doubt anything like kanye can make it afro man can make it you know anyone can make it yeah i do see your point but then um, I don't think that the legalization of marijuana is enough to campaign about. You know what, though? I feel like we live in this weird time of age or age of time or whatever you want to call it, where I think that, I think that that would be enough to rally the majority of the youth together to vote for this guy. I swear, I swear to you, because everybody's so sick and tired of of having an already dead mummified corpse running our country (laughs) and so why not just get you know someone who we like and whose politics we like whose whose music we like and just put them in that seat you know because we've already realized that the president doesn't really run anything nothing's being run by joe biden it's his it's the people that work with him it's the people that work for him you know I would like someone like um, Seth Rogen in office. Seth Rogen. He's a pretty smart cat. Yeah, I would like. He's really smart. Yeah. And he (laughs) would definitely advocate for marijuana legalization. Yeah. And then sell his little um, trays, his uh, little. His pottery. Yeah. His his weed pottery, which are pretty cool, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. They are pretty cool. He's an artistic guy. I don't think they're that expensive. They're very artistic. You yeah, can put just, that on your like coffee table for your guests. Yeah, I just bought four sets of his pottery. Just as I was speaking? Yeah. Like like mentally I engaged oh. AI ChatGPT through my neural link that I installed thanks to Elon Musk. Whoa. He paid us a visit um, late last night. He just appeared out of thin air because that's how he rolls and that's how he teleports in between places because he's alien he's inhuman whoa yeah dude and then he just plucked something in my head i knocked out for a few seconds i saw harambe rest in (laughs) peace harambe and then i woke up and i was like oh my god this is it 
That's insane. So as I was talking right now, I just wrote like three books and a memoir about my life. As you were talking right now, yeah. I just read this cool article. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's about the Bud Light situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, enlighten us. Have you heard anything about it recently? Any updates? Mm, I don't think so. No? Well, apparently, um, they're firing... <laughs> They're firing the employees or marketing marketing executives that were um, responsible for the trans marketing ad. No. Yeah. No, you're telling me it didn't work. Yeah, but it's so crazy because, well, let me just read it to you. But Bud Light has now put two executives on leave. After uproar over trans influencers. So Daniel Blake, a senior exec who oversees marketing for Anheuser-Busch's, Bush, I don't know. Anheuser-Busch. Main, uh, mainstream brands has, a, has reportedly been placed on a leave of absence following backlash over the beer brand's partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. It comes after Alyssa Heinerscheid, who oversaw the campaign was placed on a leave of absence. Huh. Sources claim both decisions to take leaves were weren't voluntary. Yeah, look, this is what I said when I first heard about the whole thing when they, when when they first released the campaign. It was at the beginning of April, I believe. People were thinking that it was an April Fool's joke, but every article that I stumbled across was was reading, "Nope, this is not a joke. This is not an April Fool's joke. This is real." And to their dismay, I guess it, it was real. Like it should have been just an April Fool's joke because then at least they can, you know, because I, because I feel like when you're that big of a comp of, of a company, you have to find ways of experimenting with concepts, especially when it comes to, you know, marketing to a different demographic or, or switching up the marketing strategy with your current demographic. It's like you have to find ways of, of experimenting in the real world without really screwing up the reputation of your brand. Mm -hmm. So meaning like they could have done an April Fool's joke, but then it would have come off insensitive for the people who are part of the LGBTQ plus UMNOPQ, whatever the hell it would come off as insensitive for them because it's like, oh, like that's what you think of us. You think that we're a joke. And again, um, it's a it's a tricky scenario and it's very interesting, right? And it's complicated because it's very taboo. It's become very taboo and it's hard for you to talk on things. It's hard for you to speak on things. I feel like just from the amount of, of times that, that we've brought up the whole transgender issue and the whole agenda and even by saying that 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 there's a an overarching agenda that's just looming in the background of American culture right now is something that's controversial to say. Yeah. And then you automatically get pinned as a transphobic, as a homophobic. But I've said this countless times, and I'm just going to reiterate this again. Both of us are, have a strong belief that everybody should pursue their own individual happiness as long as it doesn't... Um, infiltrate other people's personal space and it doesn't contaminate or or uh, influence too much their own outlook on life yeah which is why we are so adamant about just pointing these things out and just making just establishing a stance because i also think that people are scared of of making stances nowadays you know and so to hear that development is not surprising obviously because i because i knew for a fact that it wasn't about money what's happening is that every company is essentially showing their devotion to the overwhelming presence of this um agenda mm -hmm. you know because if you look back at hershey's during international women's day hershey's did a campaign with a transgender person and then and then and then they used this transgender person who used to be a man and then became a woman as the main uh, champion for International Women's Day. And then you have other cases of Jack Daniels even, a very manly drink, you know, a traditional drink of the patriarchy, if you will. They also used a whole like trans uh, ad campaign thing that also flopped. And so 
these companies are smart enough to understand that people aren't necessarily going to just accept these radical changes and accept these um, the use of these these products as being vehicles for this agenda and this propaganda. Mm, yeah. But they don't care is my point. It's like, it's not about money. Like that's what people need to understand. These companies have more money than God. Yeah, you know, like exactly. They can, they can burn hundreds of millions of dollars and be okay. And, and still have the backings of the government to bail them out. Just like it wasn't, you know, during the house crisis and the house market crisis. So I think that it was successful in a way where they showed how easy it is for this idea to just infiltrate everybody's home. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's like every company, every huge media outlet, every huge influencer, Mr. Beast, I don't know if you've seen what happened to his friend. Um, No, not well, not since the last time we talked about it. His friend Chris, you're saying? Yeah, his friend Chris uh, recently trans... Uh, <laughs> recently transgendered recently transitioned into christina i believe and now identifies as a woman and people are now saying like mr beast has a a law a lose-lose scenario because if he chooses to drop chris because of this change or after this change then he's going to be labeled as a transphobic and then he's going to lose a lot of fans or he's going to lose a lot of brand deals which he relies on to keep feeding that machine that's just, you know, centered around money and just profit. And so he found himself in this pickle where, where, where now if he keeps Chris, it's also a lose situation because Chris is contaminating the Mr. Beast brand. And so a lot of his followers are young people. And there's a reason why, in my opinion, there's a broader conspiracy as to why one of them had to make that shift and, and it had to be drastic and, and very dramatic because of how much money is you know, backing Mr. Beast and his brand. Yeah, but you don't think that he'll like um, quietly maybe like pay him out or something if he needs to? I don't think so. No? No, because Chris has showed to be very vocal and outspoken when it comes to hate towards himself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to refer to him as his biological self himself, especially after this transition. So um, he even threatened to sue uh, Twitter people. So people who would like retweet something that he posted or, or talk ill on his name or something very like light and, and superficial that people on social media do all the, all the time. He DM'd those people threatening and saying that his lawyer would be in contact very soon. That's insane. And he has Mr. Beast money. So it's like Mr. Beast is backing him. And I don't know, man. I just think that Mr. Beast has a, a very rare con direct connection with the young audience and the younger population. And so it makes sense that one of the members of Mr. Beast had to go through this dramatic change to literally embody this ideology and this agenda. Yeah, I mean when you do when you put it that way, it does make sense and and in a way that would bring in more audience too. I don't think I, it would. I think in terms of like publicity, like look how much people are talking about it. Even you and I are sitting here talking about it when we haven't there like there's more instances where we haven't said anything about Mr. Beast. Right, but it but it brings notoriety, but it doesn't make me want to go and subscribe to the guy. Yeah, no, I get and what you mean. I'm not even going to watch any of his content. But 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 people don't care because they they care I guess they care more about like publicity in terms of 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 widespread newsworthy events and events topics. and and topics right yeah i mean i don't know i don't know but he by the way he is the most um successful youtuber above is, right? above pewdiepie yeah not just in net worth but like on youtube he has more subscribers, subscribers. yeah so he's past pewdiepie i mean pewdiepie is starting a family yeah he moved pewdiepie to Japan. Has, has settled down which is which in my opinion is is the move like Again, I don't really consume too much content. I try, I try not to be a, a like too much of a consumer. I try to be more of a creator. But 
I'll occasionally check in on on PewDiePie, especially after his whole Japan move, because prior to that, I would know of PewDiePie. I, I, I would see clips and stuff, but I would always find him extremely annoying because of the whole like viral factor and the need to be this huge per like personality on camera. But my point is he's matured in a sense where I think it's similar to Jim Carrey's maturity, right? Like he went through all of the extents of fame and money and 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 just like everything that you could possibly go through as a YouTuber, PewDiePie has gone through and then he still came out on the other side relatively unscathed and realize that what he actually wants in order to find fulfillment is a more relaxed, retired lifestyle, which is, you know, constituting a family, building a family, and just spending time in a place where it's not America, you know, because I, I feel like the U.S. is is great to live in, but at the same time, it's not great to live in. Yeah, I mean, I agree for sure. So it's like a double-edged sword for me when it comes to living in the U.S. Like I want to believe that I would be happy living here for the rest of my life, but part of me envisions a um, a drastic move to like a different country. Yeah, and that it makes you um, it it makes you like observe like more observant to um, how many people who once they've gotten to that level of success have left. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Um and and not to mention that like there's so many cut corners too in terms of like uh property investments and stuff like mm. in different countries versus you know here where rates are insane. Yeah. Living living rates. What is it called? Living expenses are living expenses are skyrocketing. Yeah, through the roof literally. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it does make you suspicious of that. Mm -hmm. for sure do you have an article or do you want me to go oh it's your turn oh is it my turn yeah oh i was like i thought you were gonna jump right back no because like, look at you because i just mentioned mr beast i think oh, okay so i do have one i'm not sure who this singer is her name is grimes oh grimes is um elon musk's s um x is it yeah she's a musician yeah she she she's the one that had the kid with him that's called x something something uh, yeah yeah i had no idea who this grimes uh girl was she's but now super i know weird super like eccentric exo I, I, I don't know she's just weird she 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 weirds me out but yeah, speaking of her being weird, she's welcoming AI-generated music with open arms mm. and has offered to split 50% of royalties with anyone who creates a successful AI-generated song using her voice. She tweeted, feel free to use my voice without penalty. I have no label and no legal bindings. This offer comes as the music industry raises concerns about AI-generated songs using copyrighted content potentially leading to copyright infringement and denying artists their compensation so mm. she is on the opposite spectrum of of the artist's reactions to yeah. ai generated music with their voice where she's like inviting people to use her voice to create a song that will be viral that will be successful and offering them 50% of royalties on that song's success. Interesting. Which is pretty crazy because it Im imagine like all of these AI songs with like Drake's voice and all of these other artists that people have like been playing on repeat on TikTok or wherever else, other social platform. It's probably on SoundCloud now or, or something, you know? Yeah. All of these opportunities where artists could have used those songs and just divided royalties with these people right because of just how much you know yeah and, and it's going to be difficult to try to you know um dispute or or like file a lawsuit against like an ai generated song of an artist's voice right so then either way that like the artists are going to lose out money yeah and i don't know if you saw but universal music group um they are lawyering up uh to combat 
I guess, the advent of AI, which is, I think, very futile. Like, it's not going to... I think that Grimes has always really been an advocate for artificial intelligence. She's into the occult and into the esoteric, and she's just very out there, very woo-woo. But she's always been very adamant about the idea of artificial intelligence. And she's told Elon and she's told, you know, public media through interviews and statements that she would be the first in line to get chipped to to, to get like neuro link in her skull or whatever to integrate herself with artificial intelligence. And so I think that she's in on some information, which is almost like insider trading where Elon might have disclosed with her his plans and what's actually going to happen in the next few years. And then she's like, all right, so this is obviously an inevitability that this is going to take over, that this AI system is going to be way more prominent than it is now. And people are going to eventually get used to it. So I'm just going to hop on it before it really takes off. Yeah. Because again, like Universal Music Group is going after every social media platform um, demanding them to take down AI Drake, AI Weekend, AI anything. And yeah, I don't know. I think that there's just no holding this water in this cup. It's like everybody's trying to just hold this wave inside of a cup. Yeah. And and you can't hold a wave inside of the cup. Yeah. You just can't without it spilling over. Like it's going to spill over and the cup is useless. Because yeah, everybody's going to get wet. That's a good analogy, good way yeah. of putting it for sure. I mean, that's how I feel about all all AI development at this rate. It's like it's already I mean, it's pretty much inevitable. It's it's much more developed than they than they're letting on and so yeah. there's not really much that we can really do now mm-hmm. in terms of like like you protesting against it or contesting against the development of AI, like it's already far too late. It's way too late. Yeah. And I would think that as an artist, your goal, your main goal as a person who creates work to be listened and to be viewed and to be seen, you would want your voice to be as like as disseminated and propagated throughout the world as possible. So in my way of seeing it, if I were Drake and I heard one of these AI songs, especially the the good ones that actually sound really good and actually sound really real, I would be kind of amused. I would be like, damn, dude, like they they made a great song. I sound great. And it's still within my artistic style. I still sound like me and people are listening to me even more. And so your artistry is being just spread through the world without you even have like even having to but you've already put in the work which is putting out work into the world like albums your discography that the ai can kind of feed from and now what you're witnessing is just more exposure so as an artist from a pure artistic standpoint i think it's kind of beautiful but also very ironic but then when you look at it, obviously, from the business perspective, you always have to ask, like, who's getting the biggest piece of the pie and why? Mm. And so these record labels are seeing these independent creators, TikTokers creating these viral moments, these viral videos with these AI songs that they don't own any rights to. And they're making money off of those TikToks. They're making money off of Spotify uh, up until recently before they banned every AI generated song. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be impossible for them to keep track of everything. So it makes sense to to establish a, a healthy relationship with the Internet and say, all right, you get 50 percent, I get 50 percent. And you know what it reminds me of? Um, a lot of artists. So uh, TikTok, they're like it's a hub for for people to like distort and edit songs and speed them up and, you know, do their little um transformations on songs that already exist right and then they go viral on tiktok in that form that they've edited edited it edited it it to sound so for example miguel's sure thing that song that's like uh, you could be the cash i'll be the rubber band that one there there was a viral tiktok um version of it that was sped up and what did miguel do 
he put all of the different remix and versions of it on his Spotify as his official release. Mm. So that if people wanted to hear Sure Thing, which the song is called Sure Thing, sped up, then it would come, like it would pop up his uh, his right. song, Sure Thing, sped up version. Makes sense. And then he has all the remix versions. And this was just recently, this year, that he, I think that he like just dropped all of these different versions of the song. That's a smart move. I mean, I don't know if he gave any royalties to the people that that created it created the sped up version but probably not because it's just a sped up version so another way of like of looking at it is that these artists can steal these ai generated songs and Mm. just release them because in the end it's their voice and then that can be argued where it's like no one owns this song this is ai so it's my voice and i decided to just claim it because it's ai and now i decided to start producing producing it for real and and putting it out there and now i'm gonna make the money and not have to split it at all right you know yeah i'm just worried about a future where artists like everything we consume and see and watch and listen to all comes from an algorithm because in a sense, everything that we do consume, watch, and listen to already does come from an algorithm or better yet, a a formula, right? So it's a formulaic process when you're making a movie, when you're writing a script for a movie, when, when you're directing, depending on the director, he or she has their specific style of directing. So it's all condensed down to a formula. And so that process produces the final product but it's through human capacity that that product is produced yeah so when you 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 create something using artificial intelligence you don't really understand the capacity of artificial intelligence you don't understand the the limitations of it and so it just produces this perfect replica of a drake song but you don't really feel the same as you would if you knew that Drake produced that song. Yeah, exactly. So so it just enters this weird space that's very nebulous, just like Michael Scott says. Yeah, it, that's how I feel about the the like AI art, like paintings and stuff. Yeah. I'm like they didn't actually like <laughs> not they, it AI, whatever the hell you want to call it, didn't actually paint this with like physical paint right and like create this like with human emotion and and you know whatever else yeah and so i can't really feel anything looking at it exactly and it's very similar to when you eat at a relative's house at your grandma's house and and she cooks with love and she puts time and just um focus and concentration and love into what they create (laughs) in the food and then you eat it and it's in like uncomparable like you can't compare it to a fast food chain yeah. where where employees hate their lives and then they're sick and tired of that and they're just doing this monotone repetitive task every day day in and day out so it's different so in that sense like you're also experiencing the light version quote unquote of what an ai can do which is when you put humans in this robotic rhythmic existence you you like you can tell that the final product isn't as great yeah and that's what we were talking about the other day like the fast food chains mm-hmm. um because we went through a taco bell drive through because i wanted oh, yeah. i wanted to get something because it had been a while and i was like every time that happens and i go revisit like a fast food thing after months of not eating it let's say mm. i just it reminds me why i took You've so got, much time not eating it why you decided to take a break like yeah. a six month break or something yeah <laughs> and so we were saying that these fast food chains like the food feels low energy yeah like, it's it's low frequency foods yeah exactly and so and and so uh it's very similar like you're saying a homemade meal there's something about it like even cooking it yourself yeah that ha- carries this like uh this like different energy you right. know this different frequency in it that when you eat it you feel rewarded versus like when you finally indulge on this like fast food craving that you had and and they hand it to you in the like through the drive through in like 2 seconds yeah 
you're and you swallow it after like five minutes you know you don't feel that same feeling yeah and and that's exactly how i felt and what i was thinking of as like as we were pulling the corner through the through the drive-thru yeah they have like a like a huge uh how do i say this a huge glass building kind of like a huge glass area excuse me (laughs) oh it's like i i was starting to feel the burp coming up and then i couldn't even speak until it came out but they had this area right where people were eating and then as we were turning the corner i was seeing every person in that building eating their their ultra processed pseudo food pseudo taco meat mystery meat mystery whatever the fuck food and just throwing it down their 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 throats you know just like not like mindlessly eating that shit and then i just kept thinking to myself i'm like that's literally what it is it's like it's low frequency food it's designed that way to keep americans and to keep people in the low frequency area and so it's designed with all these chemicals and preservatives that have this this reaction in your psyche and your brain you know spiritually even where it just brings you down to this level and that's why it's cheap because if it were good for you it wouldn't be so easy to, to access it right exactly like you have like a whole meal for a whole day you can eat for a whole day at taco bell with like less than 20 bucks yeah yeah and 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 that's exactly true like things things that are meant to propel you forward and things that are meant to actually benefit you cost money yeah and and cost like time and cost like everything so like even progressing yourself like uh developing a business like that costs money and time of course um but then everything that's convenient or that's like easy to attain like you're saying or that's like all of those things are are ironically what is the worst for you and so that's kind of how i look at like ai development even where it's like the more that technology and ai like not just ai but technology develops Mm -hmm. the like i feel that that is that it like will have a negative effect because of how convenient and easy it is to access and attain yeah and obtain and so it's like i don't know like that that should be a red flag yeah this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And it's just like this other example. I was looking into this book called The Secret Teachings of All Ages. And maybe some of the maybe some of the listeners listening to this, maybe one person, I don't know, uh, might have heard of this book. It's written by Manly P. Hall. And it's essentially an encyclopedia of everything Masonic, Hermetic, Kabbalistic, or Kabbalistic rather, and Rosicrucian symbolical philosophy so it covers everything right and and it's supposed to be this like all-encompassing one-stop shop for understanding everything of the um, occult and of the layers of reality that most people aren't really uh familiar with yeah privy of i guess and my point is that the like there's a version of this book that costs five hundred dollars and I feel like even that's by design. It's because like there are certain p- 
like certain things that are good for you that society by design will always make it hard to access. Mm. So that's why you have like whole foods and and non-processed, grass-fed, everything's more expensive nowadays. But you could just go into Costco and just get meat that you don't know what what they've done with that meat. And you buy it by the pound and you can have enough for a month or you can go into Whole Foods and get different type of meat that'll last you maybe two days. Yeah. But for the same price. So I just wanted to point that out. And then obviously I just went with a copy from Amazon, which people said is also a good alternative. But I really, really wanted that $500 book. But again, $500 on a book is insane. It's <laughs> it, it's criminal. It's crazy. You better sleep with that book yeah, and, you better, and eat from that book. Yeah, and you better just live <laughs> off of that book. Like you stop paying rent and you just use the book no, to... that book better be paying rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That book better have like a full-time job. <laughs> with benefits. With benefits for me to invest $500 into it. But yeah. I just feel like that's part of the whole thing. It's value, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, this is something interesting. Well, it's your turn. You could go. No, your turn. Just go. Oh, me? Yeah. Okay, so speaking of interesting, I do have one thing that I found interesting. Um, a woman was confined to a cave for 500 days. <laughs> That's the one that you were going to read? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Is it really? It is, I swear. Holy shit. Do you want me to read it or you Yeah, read it? you read it. Okay. So a woman was confined to a cave for 500 days and she said that she had a nice time. Spanish mountaineer Beatrice Flamini spent 500 days alone inside of a cave as part of a scientific experiment exploring how individuals cope with long-term isolation. Flamini described the experience as excellent and unbeatable, and she did not want to leave. She read books, wrote, drew, and knitted hats to pass the time. She estimated that she had been underground for approximately 170 days, but lost track of time. Wow. That to me was so crazy. 500 days in pure isolation inside of a cave is insane. And the crazy thing to me that stood out was that she estimated that she was in there for 170 days, yeah. which is like a quarter of the time that she was actually in there, which just goes to show like people who are like, oh, the the day, like, oh, I have nothing to do all day and, yeah. and it's so long and dreading and blah, you know, the people like that like this lady was inside of a cave confined to a cave and and its walls um with probably no sunlight no nothing natural sunlight um yeah just just in there and and her time was flying by to her because she thought that she was in there for six months yeah and she was in there for well over a year so which kind of reminds me of covid right Except obviously not as extreme because even during the pandemic, we were confined into our homes. Most people couldn't even leave the house. Uh, most people, some people were fortunate enough to never have to leave the house and they could, you know, afford to order stuff, um, Instacart and just do all that stuff. But that just really goes to show that humans are not only self-sufficient, but they're very resilient, I feel. Yeah. And what she was able to accomplish, I think, also shows that we've become so accustomed to a reality where we're constantly connected and constantly engaged with the world, with other people who aren't even really there, with 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 virtual entities and virtual chat rooms and virtual cities like like the Twitter City Hall, I think is what they call it. It's like Twitter's the equivalent of of the internet city hall. But we're always connected, is my point. And then this lady just proved that even in a in an age of hyper connections of hyper online activity, you can take a step back and just go into hibernation. Yeah, and I honestly found it fascinating because just like you said during COVID, um, I feel like there were pro- pros and cons to the whole like pandemic and and quarantining and being locked indoors like you could see that there were a lot of people who took advantage of that time and started a business and and the crazy thing is that 
I think like uh business like applications or something like to start up like business startups is what i'm trying to say mm. um surged like over 15 percent after the pandemic like the amount of business startups like into the millions like that's how many people were starting up businesses during the pandemic yeah so i think things like that are are pro in a way because there were people like using their time productively, but then the cons is that just like you said, um, strangely, it it made us even more attached to our cellular devices and our other devices because that was our only like um, port key to the outside world mm -hmm. and what was going on with other people because whatever was going on in 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 our lives wasn't as interesting as what what could have been going on with you know yeah. other people's lives yeah because we tend to live vicariously through through other people and through other representations of life and there were a lot of people who like started their fitness journeys yeah. during the pandemic which which is pretty interesting too so in a way it's it's interesting because i feel like when people have isolation but not mm. for too long but but you know um enough isolation they can just better themselves and improve themselves in like a crazy way you know that's what i think especially in her case where she probably didn't have to worry too much about you know rent or food you know she she probably figured a way where oh my god i keep coffee burping she probably figured out a way where someone would supply her with food um, on a consistent basis and maybe like slide it in like slide it under her cave door or something along those lines but especially when you remove all of the weight and expectations of life and then you just really narrow down the bare minimum of existing i feel like that opens up a whole new floodgate of of possibilities in terms of self-discovery and introspection spiritual enhancement maybe because then you you manage your expectations basing off of your current circumstance right so people like that's usually what people do and if you're committed to staying in this cave for 500 days then you establish your expectation as just living in the moment and getting through it every day but also doing things that maybe make you feel good and so that's why she knitted multiple hats and she drew and she read books that maybe she's been wanting to read. And it's just really not any outside expectations aside from your own. Yeah. So I think it's a powerful experience. And I think I understand why she said that it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it was a great experience. I don't know. Um, I just read that. So she like this was an actual experiment so there were other scientists involved and they were the ones responsible for bringing her food and left it there without making any contact and collected her waste and they were and she was like lightly monitored by them during uh. her time um but she didn't make contact with them um and yeah it says she was dead set on keeping communications to an absolute minimum so i'm sure like once in a while they yeah. like touched base and then that was it and then insisted that the scientist shouldn't even tell her about the death of a loved one damn that's so crazy that's how serious that she wanted to take this and i don't think that she had like a time limit like i don't think that the goal was like 500 days. It was just to see how long she could yeah. last, maybe. And mm -hmm. so that's why when she thought that it had been 170 days, like she just Jeez. lost track of time. Uh, and then that's it. Then she just stuck it out for as long as she did. That's wild. And dude. they must have, like, they must have had a hell of a time, like, gathering information. this information from this experiment. And just like you said, and, and she read 60 books, it says damn dude yeah so not which bad. is not surprising you know yeah and she did writing drawing uh knitted little hats and documenting her experience with two gopros so mm. she was actively like using you know a device to 
a little camera to just capture everything. So there's definitely going to be an upcoming documentary on this. Yeah, for sure. And I would love to watch it. It'll be like five, 60 days in, like the jail, but it's yeah. going to be called 500 Days In. It would be like that James Franco movie, 167 Days, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one, I haven't watched that one yet. Have you watched it? Yeah. Oh, I haven't watched it. You told me to. I've seen it a while ago, but that movie's great too. But it would be like a real version of that. That's crazy. Wait, that wasn't real? No, it was James Franco. Oh. It it was based on a real occurrence, but the footage itself was just oh. of James Franco. Okay, no, I so I haven't seen it yet, but I thought that there was like actual documentary footage of it. Maybe there is sprinkled throughout the movie, just like they usually like to do. At the end of a movie, they include real photos of the real events and stuff. Maybe there was something like that, but I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen it. Like Soul Surfer and the Blind Side? Never you know, seen those that. Soul Surfer, the girl who gets her arm bit off by a shark? No. And she's like a surfer. Well, that movie is based on a true story, and then at the end is when they show, sure. mm. and then the Blind Side is the is the black oh, teenager, yeah, 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 yeah. and then Sandra Bullock. I, I think. love that movie. Yes, yeah. yes, it is her. And then at the end, they play the the actual footage, like pictures of, of the, the family, yeah. mom, and the actual NFL player. Yeah, that movie's great. I I love the Blind Side. And I think it's because my mom loved it so much that she kind of showed me as a kid and then she made me love it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do like it. It's been, I did watch it recently, actually. Remember? Yeah, I, don't think, yeah, I don't think I've seen it I, recently. I rewatched it recently. Mm. I don't know what I thought of it watching it now, years later, but it is a good movie. It definitely has its like touching moments. Yeah. But, um, so my last article is. Uh, just speaking on surges and just increase and just rise in things during the pandemic, the surprising surge of faith among young people. A recent survey shows that about one-third of 18 to 25-year-olds in the U.S. believe in a higher power or God, up from about one-quarter in 2021. The pandemic led young people to seek something beyond themselves with faith providing healing and comfort and a reason for living and some hope. However, belief in God or a higher power doesn't necessarily translate into church attendance or religious affiliation, which I love that part because people assume that just because you have faith or that you believe in a higher power, that automatically you subscribe to a particular religion. And I don't think that that's necessary when you're navigating the spiritual realm. Yeah. You know, I think it's about really just finding whatever resonates with you on a spiritual level and then deciding then as the last case scenario, as as a, a, like literally as an afterthought on whether or not you should subscribe to an institutionalized religion that, you know, profits off of your belief and your devotion. So I do relate to that. I think that I've been more in touch, but I've also lost touch a lot with my spiritual side during the whole pandemic. And now it's just been an ongoing battle of trying to regain it. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't I don't know that I've ever um, found my path spiritually ever, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm still on it and far from it. But hopefully. Everything in divine timing. Yeah. I but I do find that interesting because I, I, I've never been one to like, you have to prove your religion by like attending church or like praying every day. I mean, if you do that, then, then do it because that's what you feel and that's what you want. And that's what you are, are inclined, like feeling inclined to do. And it's also a form of catharsis. So it's a form of release. You right. know, a lot of people walk into a church and they might not have been inside of a church for a long time and they just break down in tears because it 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 creates that feeling of of being a holy place. Right. You see all these people who are united in what you would like to assume goodness, you know, like goodness for others, goodness for self. And it's this pure environment, even if only temporarily pure, but everyone who walks in treats it as an opportunity to present their best version or their purest spirit. Yeah. You know, 
So I think that there's benefits to that. But I don't know. I I personally haven't been inside of a church in over, I don't know, like maybe eight years or something, 10 years or something crazy like that. I haven't been inside of a church in like two years. Really? Yeah, because of my grandparents' 50th mm. anniversary. Oh, yeah, so that's right. So because they're married like through the church, then they go celebrate their 50th anniversary at a church yeah. during Mass. Um, so, yeah, but like actually attending, a, you know, a Mass and a church, like it's been a long time for me too. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, but I definitely do pray a lot. Uh, like, no, I wouldn't say every day, but every now and then. Yeah. (laughs) Just in my head too. Like not the, you know, uh, movie, uh, like on the edge of the bed with my like elbows and hands together and praying. Um, just, just usually mentally. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm on my journey now to not just figure out what I'm praying for but instead like figuring out who and what am i praying to yeah because i'm on a path of just trying to discover who god is or what god is and what my god is if that makes sense because i don't think that it's the same god for everybody and it's hard to explain because people say oh there's only one god there there's only allah the the one and true god oh there's only god the holy spirit you know the father of christ is the only god or jesus christ is the only lord and god and savior it's like i think that that's limiting by design and that you have to really really dig inside of yourself to really establish anything like that yeah instead of being told by again organized and institutionalized organizations religions i don't know I'm just on my journey to finding what that means for me. Like, what does God mean for me? And what is it? Who is it? If anything. And yeah. Well, we'll end it there, huh? We'll end it there, man. I I was going to talk about, um, but I'm going to mention it next time, uh, that Scarlett Johansson is done with the MCU. Um, oh yeah i think i think i overheard that (laughs) yeah well apparently so is like gwyneth paltrow and stuff but the but that's something that's interesting and i actually want to get into that not specifically scarlett johansson and the mcu but like actors being stuck in these roles for like decades long or like over a decade long and just you know we're we're out this episode's been a lot about like uh breaking these bonds of of, you know yeah Yeah. and 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 redefining yourself kind of yeah yeah you know but i just find that interesting because in those cases right these people they they at first get super excited because they landed a huge role a long-lasting stable income with these huge studios like marvel studios and these huge franchises and disney now. and disney yeah and then they become like after they've gotten their fr- their free lunch quote unquote their end their seemingly endless supply of free lunch they decide that oh i'm sick of it and they try to leave and they try to escape but what's interesting is i think it was the actor who plays uh gandalf in lord of the rings i think the white bearded wizard i've never seen a lord of the ring movie um oh the one that i thought was uh dumbledore yeah 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 (laughs) he apparently threatened to quit towards the middle of the of filming one of the films because they had like a heavy segment where it they had to rely on green screens and he's quoted saying that he didn't become an actor for that yeah for for just being a a a meat vessel that's going to be lunged around using cords and strings in front of a green screen and pretend and just play pretend like he became an actor because he loves the performance art and he just loves the the artistic value of it and that really 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 made me think about marvel it's like i can only imagine how crippling it is for an actor who is looking to explore his or her potential explore his or her range 
and they're just given these formulaic again it all comes down to formula this formulaic process of just green screen cgi heavy editing even the scripts the scripts are horrible dialogues are horrible humor is horrible it's poorly written um some can i don't think anyone can argue and say that marvel films are are brilliantly scripted i don't think any of them are but but you know what that's why i think that if someone is going to well not in all cases but if someone is going to act in a movie like uh, a director producer they're hiring this actor to play this character mm-hmm. then they should they should already have in mind how to incorporate their personality yeah. and their unique character like into the role right you know or or even allow them to like co-write like give you know give opinions like it doesn't have to be yes to every single thing they say but it's like okay like just give us your opinions like how do you imagine just like there are actors who do um, improvisation you know yeah um and then that's like how they add their own flair but i was gonna say that it made me think of like the No Hard Feelings movie that mm. Jennifer Lawrence is starring in and how she was actually co- like one of the co-writers for that film that's going to be released. Mm-hmm. And her her personality, Jennifer Lawrence, her real personality Shines is just through. shining through yeah. that trailer, just in the trailer. You can feel it. Which which we've done a full reaction to on our mentally gone reacts channel on youtube and i've i said this in the video and i meant it it's one of the few comedy movies where i'm actually like in thoroughly thoroughly amused and thoroughly enjoying it and intrigued to and, watch it yeah and just highly enticed but to your point like i think that a great example of playing to the strengths of an actor and an artist has been the hit hbo show secession oh yeah because i feel like every interview that i've seen of the actors talking about their characters and stuff it's very close to home of who they are or it plays on a strength on a uh, certain character trait that that they have that they have to kind of like explore and fully nourish and and build and grow into what was required during the series but i think it's a great example because that that is great television that is great entertainment it's real it's raw it's based in reality it's based in real life every actor is convincing like you you lose yourself in 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 their world and i feel like it's because actors get a chance to truly be artistic and truly express themselves and and it's so weird because i buy it like i buy that this is what they're like in person yeah you know um like for example what's his name kieran kieran mcculkin yeah he he seems like exactly what he would be like in person kind of you know in some ways like his his like mannerisms the way he's his speech pattern like it's almost to a t like it doesn't feel like they're ever rehearsing this like monotone like like they're not really feeling the roles that they're playing like it Mm. never feels that way where it's like robotic and they're just reading off a script right like i can actually buy that they're this like family (laughs) that yeah that that they actually exist yeah it's crazy these characters are real which is what a lot of them say they say that a lot of people meet them outside of work and they're like, hey, man, like you're exactly like that character. Yeah. And the actor actually doesn't like that because they don't want to be associated for their entire lives with this one fictional character. And so Kieran, for example, is a great example. Kieran, for example, is a great example because <laughs> in an interview that I saw recently, he said that someone that he was talking to someone about books, about reading certain books and books he's read. And the person was like, you read books wow i i just never imagined that you would read books because of roman's character yeah because the character he plays in in that series doesn't read books right doesn't really care for books doesn't value books or reading and so he but he the the actor the artist said that he's really big into books yeah and so it's interesting though but but i I think that that's when an actor succeeds is when the audience assumes that that's just the real that, personality because right. because there's no separation between the character and the actor 
I mean, that's kind of like Pedro Pascal. Like, he played a father figure, and then all of a sudden, everybody, like, looked at him in this whole different light. Yeah. You know? So I'm as big daddy. Either they wanted him to be their dad, or they wanted they him to, to be, be their, their daddy. daddy. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so, but but then all all the while, like, he can be this, like, super complete opposite guy on the outside. Yeah. But just because of this role that he played, that people like um, this beloved character that mm. that already misconstrues everybody's idea of like who the actual person is. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you, Pedro Pascal? Yeah. I'm going to find out. There's a lot to be said about <laughs> method acting and all the different forms of acting, because I feel like even for the listeners of this podcast, it's very easy for us to just chalk up Hollywood into being Holly weird and all the actors being into the satanic cabal and all part of ritual sacrifices. And maybe that is the truth. Maybe all these mainstream A-list celebrities, whenever they're at the height of their fame, it's because they're indulging in these activities and they're just subscribing to these cults and to being part of these secret societies. That could be the case. But what I want to say is that there is an art form there undeniably mm -hmm. like acting is an art form it doesn't take much like all it takes is for you to just put on a great classic film and you'll find yourself just feeling lost in that universe just being fully immersed and i think that there should be more openness to that conversation and also a bigger and broader separation especially when it comes to conspiracies like it's easy for us to just dub everything as satanic demonic and turn it off and never watch a movie again but there's also a way, in my opinion, of separating the good from the bad and giving credit where, where credit is due. Like, I've always been a fan of films. I've always been a... a uh, Film fanatic? A, a cinema file or something is what they call it. Oh, yeah. Cinema file, which I hate any word that finishes with file because of that <laughs> word that everybody uses right yeah which is just a bad connotation but i've always been a fan of movies even knowing you know what i know about holly weird and stuff but yeah i just wanted to randomly put that out there i guess it's like sometimes it's okay to acknowledge jeremy strong's crazy good performance as kendall roy brian cox great performance as logan roy and so on and so forth like that show is one of the greatest shows in tv history in my opinion yeah and the last episode yeah. was pretty good yeah it's really so really if good. you haven't watched it yet then let this entice you to watch it yeah this season has been wild All right. and it's gonna be the last season last season which that's, i love too that's crazy let's call it quits another show i'm looking forward to the new season is the boys um, that's one that like it's just crazy yeah that one's fun as shit dude i love that show too i could buy it i could buy that this is like a like these well not that they're actual superheroes and can shoot beams out of their eyes and all that <laughs> stuff but like i can buy the whole um business and and yeah. corrupt aspect of it like that's what i imagine goes on in these like big corporations kind of <laughs> yeah, that show is a perfect mesh between real life secession, quote unquote, with Marvel. It's like what like what would happen if you merged if superheroes existed in the world of business? Yeah. And that's exactly what would happen. It would just be a corporate endeavor and superheroes would be nothing more than glorified employees. Yeah. That's all it would be crazy to think about but but that's exactly what happened with um i forgot the actor's name but the actor who plays hawkeye he went through the whole accident which was like the snow oh vehicle. jeremy 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 huh? something yeah. yeah i don't know and then he immediately after recovering he agreed to do this documentary about his recovery which was super vault like <laughs> everything yeah. about it screamed parody screamed uh, it, it, it was just hilarious. Like even the voiceover from the early 2000s narrator that usually goes, in the world, one yeah. man Jeremy saves Renner. his nephew in a, in, in, in a real heroic move to whatever, whatever. Superheroes are real. 
it's like this super cringe thing. But my point is that it's exactly what Vault would do in the in the boys. Exactly. So Marvel is basically real life Vault, <laughs> and the boys does exist in real life, except the superheroes of our society are celebrities and and people that we give too much credit to for not doing that much and idolize for absolutely no reason. Yeah. And that's the end of the show. That's the end. <laughs> that's all, folks. Um, thanks again for listening. Um, hopefully you enjoy this uh, spasm of ideas, this incoherent train of just thoughts that go in and out, in and out, in and out. That's what she said. Uh-huh. Poppy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm <Poppy>. kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed it, as always, the best way that you can let us know is by tagging us in your stories on Instagram. We see all of the tags. And, again, we still haven't seen anybody tag us in their stories for a podcast episode, like a screen grab from our podcast audio only. We've yet to see that. If you made it to the deep end of this episode, which is this part, the very last few seconds of it, all the way deep all the way deep 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 inside very deep um just let us know just let us know how deep you went and uh just (laughs) and if you want to go deeper yeah and if you want to go deeper then (laughs) just stay a little longer (laughs) but yeah guys so thanks again and don't forget that it's never wrong to be mentally gone peace Peace to to the the world world.